it's Lisa Cordoff. Welcome to the podcast where you can expect inspiring, raw, energizing, and transformative conversations with people on the path of personal evolution. I'm here to really live my life. And if you are too, these conversations are just for you. I'm really glad you're here. Enjoy. when we had two kids and I was in the shower one day and Nick actually came in and was like what what did you say I couldn't hear and I said I wasn't talking and he said yes you were and I realized out loud I I'd said stuff out loud that I thought I was (laughs) saying in my head I don't know if that happens to you and I had actually been talking to our third child. I had said out loud, I know you're there. You know, I know you're coming. Uh, I I had this sense that I absolutely, there was a, there was a third baby to come and I was like weirdly in conversation with that little soul, whatever you want to call it. And I I, it was almost like I didn't have to make a decision. It was just, there was just this thing that, that was going to happen. It was a given. As compared to the years that Nick and I spent deliberating about when we were going to move back to Melbourne, where we would live if we moved back to Melbourne, what was the right time to go, whether we should at all. Our life is good here in Brisbane. For context, we're both Melbourne-based. We left in at the end of uh, – to in 2008 and we lived in Sydney for five years and then we lived in, in Brisbane for another five years. All the children were born interstate. And it was always this question of like when we would go home. And it was just, it was like a constant thing. I actually have uh, a friend who <laughs> we would have like just this running joke about where we wanted to live you know, nothing was ever in set in concrete for either of us and we would dream about yurt living and, you know, it, we'd send each other things on realestate.com like from random places because it just, it felt like this never-ending decision that was never actually made until Nick first entered rehab in in Brisbane in 2017 and I knew I wasn't going to be able to manage this situation on my own anymore and we needed our family and within three and a half weeks we were back in Melbourne and it's this thing with decision making right like you can be forced into a position where you have to make one You can know that there's a decision to be made and just basically put it off forever. Or you can know that you need to actively be in decision-making mode around something and get to the other side of that. So that is kind of where I've been for a little while with this decision to go away. 
So I knew it was time for a change. You know, in part one, I sort of gave you a lot of the reasons why I had reached that moment. I think the previous episodes where I talk about the making of harvest, you get deeper insight into also why this is just a period of time that is like ripe for something different to happen. And then in the previous episode, I talked about all of the stories, all of the reasons why this wasn't going to be possible for someone like me. And I, you know, was coming up against all of these beliefs and stories and how I actively had to, through the process that I teach in the change method, make sure you are registered for our June class. It's the last time I'm teaching it live. The link to that is in the bio. If you, in the show notes, I mean, if you, you still, I still needed to get to the point where I was, where I made a decision one way or the other. And it's torturous that place before the decision is made because things can go either way and you're in this limbo state. So there's a few things that helped me make the decision. And I I talk about these in my programs quite a lot. (laughs) Literally putting all the tools to work to get to this point. But I really did, you know, while I have such an amazing support network and hardcore cheerleaders. I knew that I was, I wanted someone to kind of validate that this was not a bad idea. Literally no one told me it was a bad idea. It did come up against a little bit of resistance from my parents. (laughs) You know, this is a hard thing for them to understand. And of course, you know, they, they worry like parents worry. But I actually knew that no matter what anybody else said, I mean, who is literally going to say, Lisa, really terrible idea to, to, to go traveling with your children for all those months? I mean, you know, some very honest friends reminding me that it's not going to be a walk in the park. But absolutely, it was a good idea, but I, it wasn't, they didn't need to convince me, I needed to convince me. And the only way that I could do that was to get really, really quiet with myself. I have spent a lot of time in with myself, self-reflecting, but even just like taking all the in buzzwords and shit out of it. I just, I just had to get really honest with myself. I just had to be quiet, be silent with the outside world with all of the fears, with all of that stuff, and just see what it felt like to embody a yes decision. So I started to act and speak as though it was happening before it was happening. I just thought I would experiment to see what it felt like in my body. Because I I do think that our body knows. And remember that my head's all over the place with all sorts of other things. <laughs> and this decision I knew was a body decision. It was not a head decision. And I, I kept coming up with, yes, yep. Like we can be logical about this or we can just trust this is a hell yes like for Lisa, for the being that is Lisa Kordhoff, right now, this is yes. 
But then, of course, like I can, I can feel that, and our minds are gonna have our minds way, right? So I had to do things like, you know, I reminded myself that there's no, no such thing as a right or wrong decision. There's just a decision. And then, as a beautiful friend reminded me, you know, they become more right due to the actions on the other side. How am I going to make this the right decision? Like, yes, of course. We get stuck in this like, it's right to go, it's wrong to go. It's right to stay, it's wrong to stay. And that wasn't it. As I said, I, I love my life. I, I, we have a beautiful rhythm and routine. Things feel manageable, but also things have felt just flatlined for me. They have. And, and I know it, it, you know, it's a hard thing to explain or justify to your parents. They're going to be, of course, worried. Uh, why this quite outside the box idea has, is the thing, is the thing that I need right now. To do that, I had to be on. I had to be clear with myself. I had to be in silence, and I had to also know that fuck, this might not. This could be terrible. We could always come home, but I'm never going to know unless I go. I decided to, as I was embodying this. Yes, like I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna act as though it is. I'm just gonna notice where there's resistance against things, and I'm gonna notice where there's flow. And I cannot even tell you it's been like a magic fucking carpet ride. Things just f- dropping, falling into place. The most extraordinary synchronicities. You would think that it's some kind of miracle <laughs> almost. The way that things have fallen into place for us. It doesn't mean that, you know, I mean, I've now got a month until we go and the rubber is hitting the road and probably could have done with making the decision. <laughs> but there were things that I needed to test out there. I mean, there were some, there were some non-negotiables. So I had a list of, of things that needed to be set before I could really fully go for this. And one of them was my son Definitely, you know, as we talked about it together, he didn't want this to mean that he had to repeat year seven. So that was kind of a non-negotiable. If the school had been, I'm sorry, there's no way that we can accommodate this and he'll have to repeat, I probably wouldn't have gone. Or we would have just gone for, you know, a month or something, two weeks of school holidays and two weeks of the term. Okay, that I was I was kind of peaceful about that. I definitely don't want to put him in a position where he's stressed about school and all of that sort of thing. I also, as I said, um, I have this extraordinary opportunity next year. It is, I mean, I wish I could share it with you, but no can do just yet. If this trip was going to sabotage the opportunity, then I also would have not done it for the length that we're doing it because it's 
absolutely a priority for me for that project to get up and running. It's like everything I've worked towards coming to fruition and like the most exciting thing. <laughs> I, I, I can't wait to tell you. But I, if if this was going to get in the way, then, you know, absolutely it wouldn't have been done like that. So there were a few other non-negotiables, you know, sort of more personal non-negotiables. There was stuff that I needed to be sure about with my with my daughter's health. Um, we very, very carefully manage some things with her. So her, my most amazing um, team with her have reassured me. We have protocols. We know exactly what to do. We can zoom in with them at any time I needed to know. They were actually the first people that I spoke to about this because without knowing that I could manage things with her, I wouldn't have gone. Um, so that was another one of the non-negotiables. And all these things just – so my things that I thought were would have been reasons why I couldn't go were just weren't roadblocks at all. And, you know, there were a few others. I just – when I say it's been, like, quite extraordinary how things have fallen into place, I just had to keep on – I just kept on with the decision. It's like, well, maybe the decision is actually already made. I just hadn't properly called it yet. And I called it. I had things that needed to be figured out before I could fully do that. I did it. I embodied the yes. Instead of staying stuck in, you know, procrastinating or if, when I had to get into action to see what the result would be. And it was extraordinary. And this has actually seen me bump up against my edge of being a, you know, non-committal, unplanner, disorganized kind of Lisa. I am really having to write the to-do lists and make things happen. And remember, you know, in the last um, section in the last podcast in part two, I talked about making decisions, me not being able to make decisions as a story that I kept on telling myself. The friggin' rush of knowing that I can autonomously make big decisions like this and trust myself completely that whatever's going to happen now is the right thing to happen has been a huge, huge thrill. I mean, I'm busting the story as I go. And look, I mean, I feel freaking decision fatigued on the back of it, of like the every day that we're going to spend together. Um, but right now, I feel really pleased that something that I just started speaking to and kind of throwing out there, and it was in that tone of like, I just want to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I need to do something. Something needs to shift. I just, I just, you know, I, I can't, you know, I've, I've done all these small things. I've done all these little upgrades to my life. I've, 
you know, I, I've done it to the point where I live a lovely life and I needed something more. And it was going to take a big ass decision making moment and I did it. So the relief to be on the other side of the decision is palpable. It's exciting. I made the decision to choose me and the kids and, you know, YOLO all the way to town. You only live once is YOLO, just in case, you know, big on the acronyms. I mean, it's what I've been saying to myself. What, what is right right now doesn't have to make logical sense, but you can make a decision. So that was kind of my process. I thought I would share it with you because I know a lot of women do get stuck in that space of just not making a decision. And I do find before you speak it necessarily, you can embody a yes or a no and see how it feels in you. And then then just, you know, test a little, push a few things out to the universe to see, see what's going to happen here. See whether there's resistance, see whether there's flow, See how it feels for you. Know your non-negotiables and if if you move through them, just keep going. Keep going. So in the next episode, just because I've busted some of my stories and I have made a decision (laughs) doesn't mean I'm not shit scared and a little bit daunted by all the things that have to happen before I go. But I'm going to share some of them with you so you can see that it's not as though uh, there's not still stuff to work through. There's stuff. Uh, Anyway, I'll fill you in. Check out part four. I'll see you in there. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I have a quick favor to ask you. Firstly, if you got value from this podcast and you know someone else who might be interested in listening, it helps so much when you go ahead and share that you have enjoyed the podcast. You can do that on your social platforms or even when you're just chatting to your friends. I so appreciate that. And the other thing, I know it might take like 30 seconds of your time but we love reading your reviews of the podcast. You can go ahead and do that on your podcast platform of choice. It really, really makes my day to read them and to know that this stuff is valuable to you. Thanks again for listening. I really do appreciate you being here.